Hello, friends. Welcome back to our tale. The year is 1890. The place, Boston. An evil force continues to seep into our world, corrupting and conquering all who touch it. Our four brave adventurers foiled its mysterious plans and brought Jack the Ripper to justice. But can they succeed again? Can they keep this force from holding illimitable dominion over all? Find out as they face the Red Death. As you step through the door, you enter this large square room made from the same ancient looking stone as all the previous rooms. The room's about 40 square feet, but about 10 feet into the room, there's this powerful rushing stream that splits the room in half. That gap that has the water in it is about 20 feet across, and as you look, the water rushes towards this steel grate that's studded with spikes. And as you look around at each other, you suddenly realize that Agnes has vanished. Did we all just appear at the same time? Yeah, you all step through the door, see all this, and then turn to sort of look at each other to, to talk, but realize that Agnes is gone. What is the, the entrance, the way we came in? Is that still open to us, or is it closed off behind us? It is. It's open. Well, I, I would imagine Sawyer kind of goes back quite a ways to see if maybe she didn't catch up or went the other direction. James will hang out in this room. Yeah, you walk back to the room before. It has the piles of sand from those guys you fought, the place where you sat and rested for a little bit to recoup. But no Agnes. She has vanished completely. I guess I sort of trot back to the to the big room and uh, relay it to everyone. Well, she's 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 not there at all. Well, where 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 did she go? I mean, there's no, there's nowhere else. I mean, other than coming through. I mean, we stepped through the door, and now she's gone. Is there anything like above the doorway at all, or anything about the the entryway we're in that any symbols or signs or anything weird about it? Uh, no, there's nothing off about it. It's a stone archway similar to the other ones you've seen so far in this area. I think James would just start yelling out Agnes, you know, just every once in a while, just and listening, see if, see if I could hear anything. As, as you're yelling, Sawyer uh, has his, his uh, pistol out and he's looking around for anything that might be disrupted by your yelling, just in case, you know, bats, I don't know what's in here. Any old man in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it down. Exactly. The landlord. <laughs> Also, Ignacia still has one of your pistols, Sawyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, just in case we forgot. Oh. Yeah, I'm tempted to do the evil GM thing and say, give me a perception check. But no, you don't hear anything. Um, you don't notice anything off in the room. There's just this stream running through it towards the steel grate. Well, I think James would, as he's making his way around the room, just every once in a while, you know, calling out would make his way up to the little the, the stream and take it in, look at it, you know, anything in underneath the water. Is it rushing too hard to, to really see below? Okay. It's rushing pretty hard, but give me a quick perception check. Okay. Or sorry, investigation check. This would be a good investigation. 
Well, not for James. <laughs> uh, that's a six. Yeah, six total. Okay. The water is rushing way too hard for you to be able to see anything. Clearly, uh, you do notice that the grate at the end is studded with these spikes that look a little bit rusted from the water, but also seem to be crackling a little bit. Hmm. Like electricity crackling or yeah okay well i would relay that to the group that that at that end you know those spikes seem to have some sort of electrical i mean crackling like electricity well there goes my plan for crawling across it maybe she's this this whole place is going to play tricks on us so let's just stay together yeah i think that's probably a good idea Sawyer's being kind of quiet right now and more more just trying to figure out what's going on. There's just too much at the moment. And after that last fight, he's uh, he's a little bit more shaken up than normal. So what's on the other side? Is there a door or anything that we see on the other side of the stream? There is. There's a similar stone archway on the other side. Okay. So I guess we do have to cross the river to get over. And he said it's 20 feet wide? Yes. Ignacia's going to start... Uh, Kicking off her heels. <laughs> <laughs> it just like chucks them over to the other side so they're not in her hand. <laughs> it seems like one of those kinds of moments when you wish you had 50 feet of rope. <laughs> James starts patting his legs and pockets and <laughs> no rope here. Are you know, and not a ball gown. I mean, actually, and she looks at the bottom of the skirt and she's like, maybe if we tear it off in like a certain way, we can use it to, I don't know if it's that long, never mind. Anything I'm, to hook onto in the ceiling? Yeah, do the other two of you want to give me an investigation check about it? Oh, yeah. Can I give you perception instead? <laughs> My investigation's minus one. Let's see I, what happens here. I, I've been playing pretty fast and loose with perception versus investigation. I think... Okay. I think I'm going to need to say it's uh investigation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got the three. one person with a really high investigation no. isn't there. <laughs> mm, mm, it's almost like yeah, what, separated. What are you so finding that... on your side of this reality? <laughs> it was a 16 and then flopped over to a three. So that's a nine. I got a three total. <laughs> you got a nine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that is just good enough. Yes. Yeah, so an investigation of nine is just enough for you to notice that on the opposite, I guess you would call it bank of the flowing river, right on the edge, just beneath the surface of the water, there's this small ring on a chain that 20 feet across from you is just, just, just below the surface of the water. And there's this chain attached to it and it, so it's moving around slightly as the current pushes it. It's at the midpoint in the stream mm -hmm. on the opposite side from you. Ignacia's going to like squint and look and she's going to pat Sawyer on the arm. She's like, do you, do you see that? I do not. Oh, you, once, once she points it out to you, you see it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just playing off my four. Oh, yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> or my three, actually, because I had minus one. Um, and James, you see it as well. Okay. Well, that looks... Uh very both convenient and inconvenient at the same time. 
Hey James, do you do you fancy yourself much of a swimmer? Um, hmm. I've got a five and a plus five in athletics, so I think I probably can swim. So let's actually cut right at. Uh, do you fancy yourself a swimmer? We'll cut over to Agnes yeah. real quick. <laughs> so Agnes, as you're leaving the room that you all took that rest in, you step through that exact same stone archway as they did. And as you do, you feel the sudden wave of dizziness pass over you and you blink your eyes to clear it. When you reopen your eyes, none of your friends are there and you're face to face with the Sphinx. It's looking at you uh, through sharp gritted teeth and it sort of snarls Hello, skeptic. Even now, you doubt me, don't you? How do you explain me then? So after I was I, after scolding this so-called Sphinx for having such a dangerous, probably unethical museum exhibit here, um, I seem to have a memory of, of a pretty thorough scolding from before. <laughs> you really gave it what for? Yeah, uh, I will. I will kind of give it a smug look and wait for it to try to further explain itself. It sort of stares back at you unblinking. Um, All right, then, if you uh, so insist on this immersion of this experience, I guess I can respect that. I, I can respect anyone who is that dedicated to their job. Uh, so so what would you have me do, then? What, what do I, the participant, need to do in order to fully experience this situation you have set up for me? It says, you still think this is some sort of display, some sort of myth or show for you to debunk. You have no idea what I am. What do you think I am, you little fool? Well, if that is a costume, it's a very good one. Perhaps uh, the people of this, the good people of this museum have a skinned an animal or several animals and put together some kind of contraption. It's a little disturbing to think about a Frankenstein's creature. Uh, I, your movements are smooth, so I do not believe you to be a machine. I'm not entirely sure what you are. Why, why don't you tell me since you seem to have a very specific idea that you want me to have? It says, uh, for now, I'm a sphinx. You can think of me as that. I'm much more, but that's enough for now. All right, a sphinx then. It sort of cocks its head at you and says, nothing, you, f you feel no fear of me. Would you like for me, is that, would that be the proper reaction? Do you want me to feel fear right now? It says, uh, <laughs> it's, very taken aback. It says, everyone else does, but mm, scaring you will be so much more fun if you're not afraid now. Soon, perhaps not today, but soon. Do you remember the feeling you had when you read The Raven as a little girl? So Agnes takes a moment at this point, because she's about to answer. She has her mouth open to like say something cocky. Yeah, give me a but... quick, give me a quick fear check. Fear check. All right, uh, 
So is that going to be one of my? Uh, I think that is. Well, whatever it was, I just rolled a two. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you stammer a little bit, um, and it it throws you off. So whatever you were about to say comes out a little off kilter. I think it's whatever she was about to say is pretty nonsensical anyway. Um, she's gonna kind of gather her skirts up, get her posture together again. Um, and pray tell, how did you gather that little bit of information? It says, I know almost everything that has happened. That's a lot of things to have know. I'm very impressed. Well, thank you. It says, that, hmm, that fear you felt at that time. Tell me about it. That's what I want you to do. <laughs> um, Agnes is like visibly sweating at this point and like her, she's like ripping at her, the skirt part of her dress, um, trying to stay composed, but it's not a fun time for her now anymore. Um, you would want to know the quality of the fear I experienced. I want you to voice it. I know the quality of the fear you experienced. Well, it was fairly typical for a child's fear. It was a frightening story. I didn't fully understand the context of it, being as young as I was. And I also did not fully comprehend grief. And it truly is a story about grief. And then there was a bit of an environmental disturbance at my window, and it felt as if it had come from the story. Hmm. William put you up to this, didn't he? Your brother? No. Yes. No. Did you tell your brother about this? You hide so much from him. I'm sure he found out from one of my parents. I mean, I w he was old enough to probably have a memory of it, so and it was a bit of a scene. He says, your father, he says your father never even told your mother about it. He didn't want her to think that you had any superstition in her. Well, then, I guess it is even more impressive that you know about this, good Sphinx. <laughs> good. <laughs> and it just sort of takes this all in. It's quite satisfied with itself. There is one thing that I do know that you may find comforting. The woman who told you that you would die at sea, do you remember that? Agnes takes a step back. <laughs> yes. You never told anyone about that, did you? There was no need to tell anybody anything about that. It was just another simple charlatan. You were ashamed of how afraid you were of what she said, weren't you? She is still on my list of people that I don't have sufficient evidence to debunk, but it doesn't mean that it's impossible. It just means that I have to take a little bit more time with the case. You didn't answer my question. What was it again? You were ashamed of how afraid you were, weren't you? I think any person of science would be a little embarrassed to feel that amount of fear. Well, I'm being so silly. I'm here to tell you. That's not how you'll die. Somehow I don't find that particularly reassuring. <laughs> No. I don't no. suppose you have other plans for how I might be, uh... I thought you might ask. 
Yes. You'll die when your fear of me stops your heart. Not today, but when you know what I really am. Well, as long as it's not today, I feel like that is a better move <laughs> than I was expecting. It says it could be. Would you like it to be? Uh, no, I, I quite enjoy being alive. Thank you very much. Just good. Good, Sphinx. Good, I have plans for you. At any rate, in this form, I have certain obligations. I have a question for you. All right. How do you feel about riddles? Clever young woman like yourself must like riddles. I like some better than others. I don't claim to be particularly good at them. I think that some people write them purposefully to not be answered by anyone. This is... Well, this one has an answer. Would you like to hear it? The answer? Yes, please. <laughs> Clever, clever. No, the riddle. I have a feeling I have little say in the matter, so sure, go ahead and tell me your riddle. It nods. This, if you'd like to continue through here, you must answer this. I am priceless, though everyone can afford me. I am formless, though everyone can grasp me. I am endless, though everyone can start me. I am ageless, though the elderly lose me. Who am I? I'm going to need you to go through that one more time, please. I am priceless, though everyone can afford me. I am formless, though everyone can grasp me. I am endless, though everyone can start me. I am ageless, though the elderly lose me. And while you think about that, let's cut back to the other, to the other team. The plan going forward is to obviously throw Agnes at every problem because she's not dying today. <laughs> <laughs> She's been knighted the new tank of the group. <laughs> That's right. Just got this feeling you should be out in front, Agnes. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm sure I'm, I'm a foot and a half taller than you, but I got a good feeling about it. For today, I am a lich. <laughs> All the bad guys start consulting their calendars. I'm like, yep, well, fuck, no, can't oh, do it today. No, not today. Not <laughs> Guess we just gotta let them walk through this door. I mean, right, the, the final boss is like holding her up by her neck, ready to smash her, and the Sphinx is like, Jerry, Jerry, not right now. It's like, oh, son of a bitch. Now go get the big guy. The big guy. Ah. All right, and so as the Sphinx poses that riddle to Agnes, we cut back to the other three. All right, I think James is uh, looking around to see if there's anything that 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 I that he can use to reach across and get a hold of this ring. Though I think, I mean, I think any weapons or anything they may have had probably turned to sand as well. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Um how how fast is the river moving? Can I make like a guesstimate? Like, 
Give me a, what would be an appropriate check for that? Survival? Intelligence? Yeah, survival or just a straight intelligence check would be good. Um, let's see here. I'll go survival. Uh, that's a 16. Okay. So with a 16, you look at the water and you realize that it would be difficult for a very strong person to get across this, but not necessarily impossible. Certainly if the person jumped in at the, you know, far away from the grate and swam very, very hard, they might, uh, they would definitely be able to get to the other side, though you're not sure they would be able to pull themselves out of the water with the current sort of buffeting them as they go. Yeah, Ignacio was trying to figure out, like, if there was, like, a certain, like, angle that they were trying to swim at, like, in a certain direction, or... She was trying to do, ma like, math in her head as she's, like, walking up the bank towards mm -hmm. where it begins. Well, I think James is stripping off his coat, um, his vest, as much as, un as unnecessary, and we'll start tying stuff together, because... It's pretty clear someone's going in this water, and we are going to have to have a way to fish them out should things go wrong. Yeah, so Ignacia, how much swimming have you done? Not, not much. Okay. <laughs> and how strong are you? <laughs> if it had to be a 1 to 20, it'd be a 9. <laughs> On a 1 to 20 scale. So I mean, you are you're sure that this is stronger water than you would be comfortable jumping into? Mm -hmm. um, you don't think you would be able to make it? Yeah. James gets all this stuff tied, looks down, takes his pants off too, starts tying that as well, making just a long length of clothes. And at some point he's going to turn to Sawyer and, you know, nod his head at him. Like, you want to contribute here? No, I think you're just doing fine. How far could you throw me? Uh, I mean, that's... I don't think I could throw you 20 feet. Well, if I had a good start, I mean, I've got quick hands, but I don't know how to swim, so I'd have to get to that little chain. Well, um, I mean, if we threw you down... I mean, I can swim. Uh, I just... I would need y'all to be able to pull me back in. Oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, he, pull, he pulls out a handkerchief from his pocket, and he hands it to you. And then he crouches down by the river and uh, puts just a finger in it as it's running. Does he get shocked? Does He, he get does shocked? not. Okay. No. <laughs> that answers one question. <laughs> <laughs> James, I think with the best form of action you want to start over here where she's like standing at the end and because the current's so fast that you might try to swim across and by the time you get to the middle where the ring is um you should be able to reach it well that sounds like a good enough plan at this point james is going to use his belt to also lengthen this this clothing rope do i need to roll anything to make sure this isn't going to fall apart i'm taking my time with it and you know. Yeah, I would say give me a dexterity check with advantage. Okay. And like basically don't roll like two a fourteen. 
which yeah, I, I wrote a 14. So. That's plenty good, plenty okay. good. Yeah, so you sort of tug on this, and it's not ideal stuff for making knots, but yeah. it'll work. Once it gets wet, it can, might be able to pull a little tighter. And then, then that's, you know, if they're holding it, and then, you know, maybe it'll tighten itself up. Yeah. I don't know that we have enough yet, but yeah. I mean, certainly not enough. I mean, they'd have to trail along the banks beside me. Yeah. And so, James, the rules in fifth ed for jumping are if you have a 10-foot head start, you're able to jump a distance of your strength score, which for you is... 17. Okay, so you can jump 17 feet. All right, so yeah, maybe I can almost jump over this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> almost. Do you need more? And she's going to like start like... She's going to... Agnes is gonna be so mad at me, and she's just gonna grab the bottom of her skirt and just start like ripping it up to like probably about her knees, and like pulling it around. And then so she has a little more reg leg room to work with, and hands it to James. I think definitely at some point we both stare over at Sawyer <laughs> as we're, you know, James is essentially standing in his underwear uh, in like a white shirt. At at that moment, Sawyer stands cutting oh, her. Ignacia's cutting her, her her dress up and. I think when you look over at Sawyer at that point, he stands up, uh, having gotten a little bit of the water on his finger, he reaches for his handkerchief, which he just handed away, uh, is troubled by it and walks over, just starts like washing it or, you know, drying his hand off on your pile of knotted clothes, uh, straight, straightens his jacket and turns around and says, uh, well, are you jumping or what? All right. So we'll, we'll cut at, uh, are you jumping or what? So we cut back to Agnes, and the Sphinx has just asked you this riddle, and it's looking at you expectantly. Well, since I know that you, my friend the Sphinx, are too clever to come up with a riddle where the answer is simply time, like all riddles seem to have <laughs> an answer, uh, I am going to go with the answer, knowledge. It has this almost pained look on its face, but... Then as you look more carefully at it, you see that it almost seems to be suddenly fighting with itself. Part of it seems satisfied at your answer, and part seems furious um, that you're correct. But through its bared teeth, it says, you may pass. There's this flash of light, and it vanishes. And in its place, there's a table with three bowls on it and a pair of glasses. Behind the bowls, there's a piece of parchment paper with a series of hieroglyphs that you don't read hieroglyphs. That's I don't think I don't think you do. <laughs> no, I did, I did not choose that as one of my languages. <laughs> so it's three bowls with and hieroglyph hieroglyphs. Yes, and a set of glasses. And a set of glasses. Like a like eyeglasses. Like eyeglasses, right? Well, I guess I ought to put these glasses on. Okay. So as you do and look at the paper, it immediately, you're immediately able to understand what's on the paper, not just read it, but it's as though you suddenly know everything that's written there as you look at the paper. And it says, speak the name of the material and it will appear in the bowl in the center. Place both fire and water in the bowl on the left. Place both air and earth in the ball on the right. So, 
I can just say any of these things. I'm gonna- Agnes is gonna talk to herself now in this moment of distress, also to give me a reason to, like, voice her thoughts. <laughs> sure. Um, experimentally, she says, fire? And fire appears in the bowl, in the center. Um, and the fire was supposed to go on the left, right? Uh, correct. So it's fire and water together, somehow. Uh, Agnes says, water, just to experiment with this. And the fire vanishes, and water. The neo-pagan in Cleo wants to try to fix this riddle in a way that Agnes would. <laughs> or wants to kind of, wants to complete this riddle in a way that I don't know if Agnes would, but... We are going to become one and the same for a little bit in an attempt to do this. Um, alright, I'm going to say salt. Okay, salt appears in the bowl. In the bowl. I'm going to move that bowl. 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 I'm going to move that bowl to the right. Um, and switch in one of the empty bowls. And say... So, so the bowl in the... You can move the bowl in the center, but as you try to move the bowl on the right, it doesn't budge. It seems to be fixed in place. Ah. Uh, then I will dump the content out into the bowl on the right. The ball on the right? Uh, and that was the one that you were supposed to put air and earth into? Yes. Okay. As you put it in, it disappears and nothing happens. Uh, I'll put the bowl in the center again, the one that's movable, and mm -hmm. say, uh, dirt. Dirt appears? I dump it into the bowl on the right. Okay, it disappears. <laughs> Agnes says, well, damn. <laughs> It scratches her head. All right, so we cut back to the, the three of you, James and his skippies, uh, Finn still nicely dressed, and Ignacia with most of her dress still on. I think James has a finger in one of the, the holes in Sawyer's attire. He's like, I mean, you're going to have to change this anyways. Oh, damn, that one was close. He takes the jacket off and kind of looks through it and he hangs it on your arm, not like he's giving it to you, but like you're holding it like he, so he can kind of assess how much other damage has been done to it. Uh, you know, his coat rack at the moment. And then he turns and looks at his shirt. So he's facing away from you at this point and he sees other holes. So he takes the shirt off and hangs that up and he starts looking around and he turns around. He's just got that kind of like a undershirt <laughs> that, that, you know, the, the more cowboy style <laughs> weird sleeveless undershirt. Um, and uh, you have all of the clothes that you might need to finish it, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James <laughs> drops him in a pile at his feet and starts starts at, you know, with the with the one the coat starts adding to the rope. I love how Finn went from uh, I'm totally okay with being expendable. I know I'm just an arrow to like, fuck you. You can't have my clothes. <laughs> it was never explicitly asked of me. <laughs> oh, okay. There, there's the key to unlocking this box. <laughs> All right. So a rope is fashioned even, even longer. I would jump in front of a bullet for you, James. I just would hope that the bullet wouldn't hit this jacket. I mean, I mean, you're about to jump in water for James because he is going to throw you. <laughs> oh, was that the plan? <laughs> yeah, this was just to keep my hands busy. <laughs> it's just a warm up. All right, so James is... Uh, I'm trying to think of a good way to tie... James... 
I want to think of a good way to tie this on me without losing too much length. What about uh, your ankle? I was going to suggest that. Yeah, I could tie it around the ankle and... Yeah, I mean, the only other option was to loop it through my underwear, and then I'd just have, like, I mean, I'd have a thong once it's once it started, you know, stretching and pulling. Wow, am I giving you a roll of some sort? Yeah, give me a quick insight check. Okay. Uh, 12 total. Okay, so you realize that you could tie, uh, you could clip your belt tightly around your uh, ankle, and then yep. tie the other end of the belt to the rope. And that way, if it pulled back, it would catch on your foot. All right. Consider it done. All right. So, yeah, uh, James hands you y'all's end of the, the clothing rope and backs up 10 or, 10 or 12 feet, takes a run and jumps as far as he can and hopes that y'all move with him so it's not you're pulled in with him. So you make this uh, this leap, and you almost make it to the other side, and you're actually able to get sort of your hands on the edge, but it's too smooth for you to, to grab on cleanly, especially with as hard as the water's pushing you. So as you're rapidly pulled down towards the edge, uh, you see the that ring about to fly by you, and so you're gonna get a dexterity check with advantage to grab that ring. You're looking for uh, 15 or higher. Okay. Uh, that first roll is a is a 15. Perfect. So as you're starting to go, you reach your hand out, your downriver hand, grab it and pull, and you feel your fingers lock in to that ring, and it hurts, but as you pull it, you start to feel something moving underneath the water. And this platform about two feet wide starts to rise up from the center as you're sort of being tugged downriver. And it eventually comes up and pulls you with it out of the water, though your legs are sort of, your torso is on the, on the thing, but your legs are dangling off the side. James turns to them and gives a thumbs up. <laughs> Says, I seem to have done it. And then scrambles up all the way. Okay. I think uh, uh, Sawyer puts out a hand for to Ignacio to sort of like, the both of them can go across it together. Yeah, she'll, she'll take his hand and walk with him. And so one thing you notice as you're doing this is anytime you slacken up on pulling that chain, uh, the bridge in the center starts to descend a little bit, but it's no difficulty for you to keep that, uh, you know, keep a grip on that and keep yourself up. That I can visualize a very cool scene of, you know, it goes just a little bit and we're both like, oh, uh, <laughs> and then he pulls it again. It's, it's very cinematic. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Any rolls needed for this or could we kind of just make our way across? No, it's a two foot, it's two feet wide. There's, yeah. it's a little scary, but yeah, no, you two are fine. You've been in worse. All right. So I think we all get to the other side unless there's, I mean, I think I would just climb up and be able to make it right without any trouble. Yeah. And so as you let go, it descends slowly. Uh, it's not, you know, it descends about the same speed that it ascended. So it 
kind of lowers itself down gradually and so you are on the opposite bank. When you say ring, you mean like a bigger ring, not like a finger ring? Yeah, I would say it's about... Okay. Um, yeah. Is there anything I can tie our rope onto and then tie it onto something else to keep it up? That way, if Agnes comes strolling through, she's got a walkway. There's nothing on that side that you could tie it to. It's, you know, the other side is pretty much the same as, okay. as the side you came from. It's just this side has the ring on it. Okay. It's a, it's a chain, right? That's holding it. The, like yeah, a link, a, a link chain. Yeah. It's about three or four links of chain. It's pretty small, but. I wonder if you can pull it as tight as you can and we can loop our belt through the chain at the top and stop it from going back in. Does maybe that make any spend, sense? Maybe we spend 20 <laughs> minutes trying to figure it out. And I'm with you. I don't know if uh, Agnes is going to be following behind us. Yeah. And I don't think she's going to want to do that graceful leap that you did. Also, not enough clothes. While they're talking, Ignacy's going to go to that doorway and just look at it. Not not go through it or anything, but just like look at it. And... Mm -hmm. So as you look into it, it's... It's like looking into pure shadow. It looks the same as the other doors. There's no, you can't see anything in the other room. It looks like the room is completely dark. All right, and so while they're puzzling that, uh, let's cut back to Agnes. Agnes is taken out. She always carries like a little notebook on her person. Uh, just, you know, cause notes and stuff. Sure. And she is jotting down. I seem to be experiencing a very vivid hallucination right now. I'm particularly suggestible. Um, I'm going to have to have either Ignacia or my father take blood tests later to see if I may have been drugged. Um, and then she goes back to looking at the puzzle in front of her. Um, and she is going to say, as an experiment, uh, paper. And paper appears in the bowl. Um, I take the piece of paper out. And it's still in my hand. It doesn't, like, disintegrate. Correct. Uh, I'm going to say, paper with my name on it. Okay. The paper in your hand disappears. And the uh, in the bowl, paper with Agnes, your middle name, Han, appears. I take that paper out. Paper with the answer to this riddle on it. I was just <laughs> typing that in the chat. <laughs> I think I have an answer to the riddle itself, but I wanted to be as smart. <laughs> so you hear the sound of, uh, you hear the voice of the Sphinx laughing. Um, and it says, no, no little skeptic. That won't work. Um, yeah, so I am actually going to award you uh, inspiration for that. Okay. But, uh, yeah, you hear the snakes laughing. I'll say water. And water appears in the bowl. I dump it onto the bowl on the left. Okay, it vanishes as soon as it touches the bowl. <laughs> um, man. I feel like Agnes would be a lot better at riddles than Cleo is. Um, yeah, so give me an intelligence check. 18 altogether. Okay, so that's very good. So you have heard of riddles like this one before, where someone says, you know, like, what is something that is both this and that? And the idea has always been to 
think of something that has elements, no pun intended, of both one and the other. Mm. Song. <laughs> I have, I, that's a good suggestion there in the chat. Um, okay, elements of both alcohol, I'll say. Okay, and alcohol appears in the bowl. Fire. The alcohol disappears and fire appears. Flaming alcohol seems like a good combination of water and fire, but I guess technically. Um, magma. Okay, magma appears. I try to dump it into the bowl on the left. Okay. Um, Given mm. that it Hopefully it's not, like, burning my skin off of my bones. No, the, so you're surprised that the bowl remains totally intact. It looks like a plain wooden bowl, but nothing burns. So you dump this this magma into the bowl on the left, and as you do, it fills the bowl, and the bowl starts to glow, and the magma remains in that bowl. Excellent. Um, and earth and air. Uh... I guess getting really descriptive, like, very dense smoke would not necessarily <laughs> work. Um, I hope this is not, like, super obvious to everyone else, and I'm just here like, oh my god. I'm gonna, just to try it, I'm going to say it's smoke. Okay. Smoke appears in the bowl, sort of swirling, but not dissipating. And I will attempt to dump it into the um, bowl on the right. It vanishes. Do I know? Do we have dry ice in this day and age um or will we be calling it that even i don't know uh, um i'm going to can i do some kind of role for like what do i have here that i'm good at dry ice did not exist it was invented okay. in the 1920s got it good to know um because i do have chemistry okay so i, I feel like i have a plus four in chemistry okay yeah give me a chemistry check that's a 20 altogether. Ooh, that's real good. So you feel like, as you're thinking about it, you think smoke was on the right track. And that's certainly air, but it's not earth. It's not like an earthy sort of thing that becomes air. That would be something like smoke. If the question were fire and air, that would be a good one. But Okay, an earth thing that becomes an air thing. Um, I was going to say a small tornado with much dirt in it. Um, <laughs> just, just to try, I'm going to say a, what do you call it? When It's like not a tornado, but it's like a dust, it's like a dust something. There's a name like, a, like a dust cloud? Yeah. Dust okay. Cloud. Yeah, I'm going to say, it. yeah, dust cloud. Okay. So just like the smoke, a cloud of dust that's sort of blowing by some wind that seems contained entirely within the ball appears there. I dump it into the empty bowl. And so rather than vanishing, it starts to glow, and both of the bowls glow a bit brighter, and everything vanishes. The Sphinx's voice booms, again, the sort of sound of pride mixed with the sound of fury. Well done, Agnes Han. You are free to return to your friends. And behind that, that table, which has now vanished, there's a door that appears. I take off the glasses and hold them up and say, I'm keeping these. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I eagerly go to the door. Okay. So you, you step through the door.
All right, let's cut back to the other three. All right, James is standing around very uncomfortable in his wet pants now. <laughs> he's got his shoes on. He's just leaving the jacket and the vest off. So, Ignacia, do you think we should go through that opening? I'm going to look once more across the way. Do I see anything? You do at- not. Yeah, I guess maybe she'll meet us in the next room. I hope. Actually, James is going to throw his vest, his wet vest, into the next room. See if there's a sound. Okay. So you toss the vest through the door and you hear the sound of a wet vest sort of like splopping on the floor. Nice. Sawyer, Sawyer walks past both of you and just looks at looks at James after he throws the thing and says, anything to keep your shirt off. <laughs> she keeps walking. <laughs> so you go through the door? Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask who was going to go first and then it just like wiped away from our brain for a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> she sees Sawyer going through. She's like, I just about to ask that. She's like, and she just follows, like shrugs and follows. And, and as Sawyer goes through, he realizes, oh, shoot, I, I wanted to, I wanted all of us to hold hands because last time one of us disappeared. Uh, I guess I'm already through the door. James is going to take one last look over his shoulder, just make sure. And if seeing nothing, we'll, we'll go through as well. Okay, so you step through, and in the next room that you enter you see a large 20 by 20 room with a massive stone statue in the shape of a man with a dog's head. You hear a click as the statue opens its eyes, which are glowing with a fiery red violence. Agnes, you see this. Ignacia, you see this. Finn, you see this. James, you do not. The statue roars and lunges toward you, lumbering slowly. Which you? Are we Uh, all next to each other? Towards the three of you. You've just stepped through the doorway. Agnes. (laughs) Hello, friends. (laughs) All right. Uh, Sawyer puts his puts his hands like up, kind of behind both to keep both of you back, and then looks at the thing charging. Is it? You said lumbering. Like, is it going to get to us within like a couple steps? So it's it's a large statue. It's probably about eight feet tall. Oh, okay. Not like I thought it was higher. Okay. It's and it's pretty high. It's, it's quite big. I've been hanging around James, so I. You know. Speaking of James, where is he? Uh, Sawyer just yells without looking behind him. He yells, "James, we're gonna need you to step through that. Stop, James. Uh, all right, uh, scatter." And like that, Ignacia like runs across the side of the door, like trying to go around. Sawyer's gonna try to draw its attention if if the two of you want to get out to the flanks. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, Agnes, you're gonna be one or two. Ignacia, you're gonna be three or four, five through eight. It's gonna be Finn. Two. So it sort of starts lumbering towards Agnes, despite Finn's best efforts. Oh, we just got her back. Seems I'm very popular today. Uh, I mean, if Finn just starts shooting at the the head. Okay. Give me uh, give me an attack roll. Uh, Twenty one. Okay. Great. Roll damage. Eight. Eight on the die. Okay. Oh, I get to roll that again. Six. So fourteen. Okay. You take fourteen points of damage. 
Does it appear as like a real wound or more like a mental wound? Uh, yeah, so as you fire, it hits, and for a half second, you're proud of this great shot that hits it right in the eye. And then suddenly there's this horrible pain behind your own eye, and you stagger backwards, incredibly shocked. James, as you step through the doorway, a flash of light, and as the dazzle fades from your eyes, you find yourself face to face with the Sphinx. Its haunches are tense and seem ready to spring, and its red eyes focus only on you. You sort of instinctively look around for everybody else and realize that you're all by yourself with this thing. The Mason, it growls. Your friends right now are fighting an enemy they cannot beat. Maybe you could, but you are here and not there. How does that feel, human, to know they'll be killed while I'm talking to you? That I could send you back anytime I want? Well, I think that feels like I want you to send me back immediately. You'd like to get this over with? I'd very much like to get this over with and get back to my friends. Yes. Fine. Answer my riddle and you may continue on to the next part of this challenge, Mason. Are you ready? I'm ready, I guess. Very well. My name is built from nine of me, but only one belongs to thee. I advise when you are alone, and on the stage my face is shown. Who am I? So my name is built from nine of me, but only one belongs to thee. I advise when you're not alone, and the stage my face on the stage my face is shown. I advise when you're alone. When you're alone, yeah. When you're alone. Hmm, I feel like that's the key. Like that, that part is... While you think about this, do we want to cut back? Okay. So the rest of you see Finn staggering backwards, clutching his eye, right after he pulls off this beautiful shot on the statue. And it seems totally unaffected and it's still lumbering towards Agnes. Um, I'm going to take out my dagger and in the name of science uh drag it across my left arm okay so i assume not do trying to do too much harm yeah not yourself. too much just kind of as a gentle experiment gotcha so you cut open your arm and it starts to bleed and the uh creature lumbering towards me is unaffected. The statue continues to lumber towards you wholly unaffected. Well damn. And you take you take one point of damage. A whole massive one point. Is there anything on it that we can like see as like a weak point or like strange fluttering or give me an investigation check. <laughs> Ooh, a natural twenty. So that is a twenty-six. Okay. So this is a completely flawless, perfect statue carved out of this stone that nothing for as long as it's existed has ever seems to have damaged. Cool. <laughs> no letters, no writing, no cracks, nothing. Is there anything in the room with us? No, the room is completely bare. It's 20 by 20 with about 10 foot high ceilings. 
There's extra just, cool. There's just the archway that you came through, that's all, on the walls. And it's lit by the same strange light that you've seen elsewhere. The room is perfectly illuminated, but there don't seem to be any light sources. I want to put on those glasses again, just to see. Okay. So you put on those glasses uh, and take a look and you don't, nothing changes. I keep the glasses on for fashion now. (laughs) And also just in case the later becomes helpful. I'm just going to try to, go ahead. I was going to say, I think with with the pain with the pain in his eye and not understanding the situation, he's hesitant to shoot again. Uh, so he he like kind of calls back to Ignacia, and, you know. And any thoughts on this one? No, but I'm going to try to get his attention. I'm going to take one of the shoes that I have in my hand and just like try to hit it in the back of the head to at least like not cause damage but get attention, maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so- as you as you throw it through the air, Sawyer puts his hand up. He goes, "That's going to hurt." <laughs> No. Yeah, so it's laser focused on Agnes and uh, Agnes, it's almost arm length away from you. I'm gonna run. Yeah. (laughs) And so as it sort of pivots its head to stay focused on you, Ignacia, your shoe sort of flies up into the air and taps it on the back of the head. Give me an intimidation check with advantage. Okay. Um... Cool. Oh, that is an 18. Nice. So your shoe hits it and it growls, slowly turns its head to you and starts lumbering in your direction. Where are you standing in the room? Um, I'm gonna say if coming in and like the entrance is like in the middle of that one wall, right? Yes. Probably like the far left back wall, like just okay. in that back corner. Okay. The opposite side of the door. Yeah, like sort of like catty corner. Okay. And she's like, yeah, come get me. And she's gonna look at Sawyer and be like, think of a plan. <laughs> it, starts, it starts slowly lumbering towards you. All right. Um, yeah, so Sawyer, Sawyer sees it turn and start to go towards Ignacia. When it gets to the middle of the room, sort of go out, because if Sawyer's still right in the doorway, I think he's gonna just holster his pistol and try to run and jump on the back of it. Okay, sounds good. Give us an athletics check. Could this be acrobatics? Acrobatics, sorry, yeah. Definitely acrobatics, not athletics. I may not be strong, but (laughs) this is how I stayed on horses. (laughs) It wasn't through brute strength. I was just acrobatic. 19 on the die, plus four. Okay, so you mount it and you very easily scramble up its back. It is totally focused on moving towards Ignacia and is paying no attention to you. You have sort of gripped around its neck, but it it doesn't care about you at all. So if if I can, I want to just like loop my belt around its head so I have one hand free. Okay. And I'm covering both eyes with that other arm if I can. Okay. Sounds good. It continues to lumber towards uh, in the same direction that it was lumbering before. Any other ideas? <laughs> That's Sawyer. Sawyer's trying to keep his hat on while riding this giant statue. Let's just see what it would do if it gets to one of us. Well, I'm not letting that be, be you, uh, 
Agnes, do you say anything to contradict what Ignacia is saying? <laughs> I'm out of... I've, I've run dry of answers. All of my answers have been used up until this point. <laughs> <laughs> and at that, we cut back to James, who is standing in front of the Sphinx, having just been asked this question. And the Sphinx smiles its violent, toothy grin. James is rolling it around in his head a little bit. Thinks about letters, because letters make up a name. Um, that's about as far as far as he's got. All right, do you want to give me uh, an insight check? Sure. Uh, that's not going to help. That's a seven. Okay. So, yeah, you aren't sure if letters is in the right direction or not. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. So the Sphinx smiles at you and says, Your friend, she got this answer so quickly. It's a shame she's not here to help you. That is a shame. James also, it's fitting because James also has a low intelligence. <laughs> oh, me, let's see. I advise when you're alone. So I'll, I'll give you a hint, sort okay. of meta. Um, you are definitely on the right track with letters. Okay. Um, because a name is built from letters. Right. Um, and so it is something that has nine, that is made up of nine letters. Something that is made up of nine letters, okay. But it also fits to be said, it's made up of nine of me, if that makes sense. So, so whatever it is, is gonna wind up being a possible synonym for letters. Okay. All right, so as you stand there sort of perplexed, not sure if, letters was right or not the sphinx smiles alright so James just talks to himself talks about letters and and you know just kind of mumbling just thinking out loud pacing back and forth hands clenched and just going over all the clues finally he stops kind of perks up and looks over and and uh and says um I think it's character and so just like with Agnes, when she answered correctly, the Sphinx's voice seems almost impossibly split between rage and pride. And it says, you have answered true, Mason. And the Sphinx vanishes. Suddenly, behind where the Sphinx was, there's this man in chains against the wall, and you recognize it as one of the, the people who was upstairs at the party. You didn't see him but he's dressed in a tuxedo and it's just you know completely random party goer from there you hear the sphinx's voice and it says mason if you wish to go back to your friends you must kill this man and then you may move on until then you'll be trapped here and the prisoner looks at you hears this looks at you with just absolute terror in his eyes but doesn't say anything because his mouth is gagged over. Well, shit. And we cut back to the other three. Well, shit. Ed <laughs> Sawyer's losing his grip on this monster. Try stroking its head. Calm it down. Do you, do you feel anything on your head when you do that? I, I, 
try to calm it down. Uh, well, and Sawyer rubs like frantically, like he's never pet a dog before. He's just <laughs> frantically rubbing like a like a light, like a genie lamp kind of situation. So it sort of has this sort of uh, your vest over its eyes, right? Your vest. Oh, the belt around it, like a bridle almost. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you had thrown something over its head. I covered its eyes with uh, that. Would have been a better, much better idea. I mean, yeah. That, <laughs> uh, no, I think I, I said I put the belt around its neck so that I could hold on with one hand and then covered its eyes at first, and then I wanted to pet it on the head. With okay. It. Yeah. So you take your hands off of its eyes and you start sort of stroking the back of its head. Uh, it has no response to this and continues lumbering towards Ignacia. It's starting to get close to her. I've never been good at science. Um, <laughs> All right, so I think Sawyer has one last thing he's going to try, and it's kind of a, a thing you do when you're breaking horses. Not that I personally know anything about this, <laughs> but I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, with the, the hand on the on the back, he's going to sort of like s- jump sides like to the side of it and kind of wrench its neck as he's going down to kind of drive it to the ground and trying to use its momentum so it it buries itself in the ground. Okay. Uh, give me a... That would probably involve athletics. So give me an athletics check. Okay. 17. I have no modifier on that. Okay. So yeah, you successfully sort of yank it as you turn and jump clear as it falls forward on the ground. Um, and you take five damage. Okay. It, it You land perfectly. And so you land a moment before and look at it as it sort of falls forward. But as it hits, you feel this sort of crush across the whole front of your torso mm-hmm. uh, and take five damage. So through the pain, I'd like to as quickly as possible try to get the belt that was on it when I drove it down. It kind of comes off with me and I want to get it around the feet and sort of rodeo hog tie this thing. And for the listeners at home, I don't condone or uh, I'm not for rodeos. <laughs> this is strictly character. All right, so you manage to uh, give me a, what would be the appropriate check for that? Uh, it could be survival or or animal. Oh, animal handling. Animal handling. Yeah, very much. <laughs> All right, I have a plus one to animal handling. I have an inspiration point in the box up here. I'm. I think I don't think I used anything last time. So okay, if you need it. Yeah. Sixteen on the die. Okay, so you're good to go. You manage to, to bind its feet. As you do, and as it sort of recovers itself, it sort of pulls its legs up, grabs the belt, and just rips it off. The belt just snaps, and it sort of starts to stand up on its feet again uh, and starts lumbering towards you. I'm just going to keep away from it a little bit, but then I remembered what Ignacia said, and I uh, Sawyer yells out, uh, uh, well, what, what do you think, Ignacius? Should I just... I mean, we tried Agnes's science. Should I try yours now? Not with yourself, and she's going to take the other shoe and just chuck it at the guy. Yes, too. We're, like, trading off who's going to sacrifice themselves for this. Gary hurt. She's like, nah, sit down. Okay, so you sort of ping it on the back of the head, and it again turns towards you and starts lumbering in your direction. 
I'm actually gonna start walking slowly towards it. Because why wait? Why why hold back the inevitable? Okay. So it it lumbers towards you. Uh, are you sort of moving at the same speed as it is? Yes. Um. However, I am shorter, so probably not exactly the same speed. Okay. I mean, it's moving very slowly. You could you could easily outrun this thing. You're much faster than it is. I want to get within its reach and see what it's going to do, and if it gets tries to grab me like a malicious way, I'm going to try to dip out. Okay. Uh, yeah. So as soon as you come in range, it closes one of its fists and swings it down at you. You're surprised at how fast its arms move. Yeah, I'm gonna try to um, get out of the way and at the same time slap myself, uh, mutter some words and touch my dress and just give myself a little bit of resistance to it. Okay. I can't rip, so like I can use it. Okay, so does that increase your AC? What does that do? Um, you touch with one willing creature. Once before the spell ends, the target can roll a d4 and add the number rolled to one saving throw of its choice. It can roll the die before, after making the saving throw, the spell ends. So basically, if I had to make a saving throw, it'd work. It'd be helpful, but, um, yeah. Okay, this is just going to be a straight uh, AC attack. Okay, bring it. Uh, okay, so it rolls a three plus a good bit, but your AC is higher than 10, right? It's 11, so yes. Okay, so it swings this fist at you, but you step out of the way just, and it just barely goes by you. You realize though that this thing wants to do you very bad harm. And as the fist passes right in front of you, uh, you realize that would have felt horrible if it had connected. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, this this thing is going to be malicious, but how mm, how do we hurt something if we only hurt ourselves? And she's just going to start getting out of the, out of its re- reach, and each time it comes, it's coming towards me, she's just going to keep backing up and like backing in circles. <laughs> okay. So I think when when that fist hits, and we all notice that that would have been a very brutal attack. Uh, that triggers something in Sawyer's head, uh, the whole arrow uh, roll mm-hmm. that he's supposed to be fulfilling, and he goes kind of cold again. He's been kind of lighthearted up until this point, even even after getting that weird injury. <clears throat> but he uh, gets real serious, and he uh, uh, he's gonna start walking towards, but shout out to, to get the thing to, to focus on him. So sort of like intimidating it. Okay. Um, and then his his plan is to sort of outpace it while keeping them on the other side. So, like, I'll run to this side, and then maybe they can think of something. Okay, give me an intimidation check. Okay, so I have my menacing feet here. Okay. So I have double proficiency to intimidation. 12 plus 9, 21. All right, so, yeah, describe how you successfully get its attention to you. Well, I, I, I kind of, I feel like he's going like into that mode, that sort of you see in red kind of thing, and he doesn't really know what he's saying, but he starts talking in, uh, in Mandarin, um, and uh, I don't know, it just, if the thing doesn't understand Mandarin, it doesn't really matter what he says, but it's very much like a, 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 a challenge. So it's it, goading it, goading it into targeting me. It understands you perfectly. So what do you say in Mandarin? 
Oh, uh, um, basically, uh, uh, it's talking mostly about honor. So it's like you know, there, you know, within what you're doing, there's no, there's no honor, and uh, you want to fight? Try me. It pivots its head slowly, balls both of its fists, and starts walking towards you. So every every couple of steps, I, I'm taking quicker steps back, but still goading it with mm-hmm. the same like with the same kind of uh, connotation. So uh, I'm just going to try to outpace it, and then if uh, if the two of you <laughs> think you see an opening or something or have another idea, okay. So I don't. I just don't want that fist hitting anybody but me. Agnes, do you have any idea? Have we? Maybe we could try talking to it a little bit more. It seems like it's understanding Sawyer, so I, I, I don't know. All right. Why don't both of you give me uh, an insight check? Finn, you're seeing red, so you're sort of mm-hmm. out of your mind right now. That's 17 altogether. Okay. That is a natural 20, so that where did my insight go? 24. Okay. So Agnes, you think that it's clear that Finn was hurt when he hurt it. Um, it's clear that he was hurt when he dragged it to the floor and sort of used the floor as a weapon. But it seems like the trick would be to get it to harm itself or harm itself on something that you don't directly cause. But unfortunately you realize that this room is totally devoid of anything like that. Ignacia, you realize that this room is totally devoid of everything like that, but not every room is totally devoid of anything like that. Sawyer, lead it out to the river. Yeah, so Sawyer continues the same exact pattern, but starts shifting his direction so that he goes through the opening. Okay. As you pass through the opening, you're back in the um, back in the room with the river, and all is just as you left it. So yeah, so uh, um, I, I tell I, I just say to them uh, to the, the the two of you that um. I can get it close to the water. Is there anything you can do to help get it in? I, I could try. So and- it lumbers through the the stone archway, kind of ducking in and stepping back up to its full height as it goes through. And it continues to lumber towards you. I'm wondering if uh, the spot where we came out of the water, where we dropped all the clothes and everything and we're getting dressed, if that area is still pretty slick. It's the only plan that's in his head right now. He's backing up towards the water, and it's going to be sort of a... Maybe I can get it in the water, even if I have to go with it. Okay. So, Agnes and Ignacia, are you two staying in the other room, or are you following? Following. Following. I'm going to look at Agnes like, let's keep about 10 feet of distance away from it, and once it gets closer to the water, let's try to run up and see if we can try to help push it in. Agnes nods. So Sawyer's going to get as close to the edge as he can when he's thinking when the thing starts to swing at him, he's going to just run and try to slide through its legs <laughs> to get onto the other side and then maybe help them push. <laughs> okay. All right, so it gets close to you, um, and then as soon as it's in range, it takes a swing. My backup plan, I'm, I'm in the center of the thing where that, that little chain hook was. Mm-hmm. 
And my backup plan is if I fall in, is to try to grab that. Okay. So uh, it hits an AC of 17. Yeah, I have like a 14. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, that's a lot of ones. That's good. Uh, you take five points of damage. Oh, wow. Now. <laughs> and and, and this, as soon as they see the hit, she's like, oh, she thought Sawyer was going to get out of the way, but probably not. Uh, she's going to tell Agnes now, and she's going to just start flicking it to give it like a good old shoulder check into the water. Agnes follows, though. She has a bit of a look of terror in her eye. <laughs> All right, so the two of you uh, try to shoulder check it. Um, give me a strength check with disadvantage. Both of you. Cool. Would I be able to assist them if I jump at the legs? Uh, you could give me an athletics check with disadvantage, yeah. I rolled to a see one. If... Okay. Uh, I rolled a two, so that is a one. All right, so the, the two of you go careening into those big stony legs um, and you hit square on and both of you take six points of damage. Ouch. Yeah, oh, got mouth. Cool. <laughs> All right, Sawyer, what was your, uh, what was your check? I, I rolled a 12 with this advantage. So basically I was trying to be like that point of, I guess it's leverage or something, but mm -hmm. it's, if it's going forward and it thought it was going to take a step to right itself, I'm mm -hmm. pushing against the feet so it goes forward into the water. Oh yeah, uh, so it doesn't move at all when they run into it, so that doesn't work. <laughs> well, now I'm stuck. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, you're able to scramble away if you want to, but... How, how long's the chain on the in the in the river? Uh, the chain is just a couple inches. I think I know what Sawyer's gonna try. Are you, do you, did the two of you have anything first? And, and am I able to reach the chain if I, like, lay on the ground and try to grab at it? Or do I have to get in the water to do so? Uh, you could grab at it from the ground. So give me a dexterity check to see if you can grab it. That is an eight. Okay. So you sort of fumble around and it's not there. Um, and as it's shuffling its feet, it sort of pushes you out of the way, not even really noticing that you're there, but it just kind of pushes you back as it lumbers again towards Sawyer to go in for another shot. So seeing what Ignacio was going to try to do, Sawyer is going to try to grab it and roll mm -hmm. so that while he's rolling into the water, hopefully that thing rises in time. Okay. And he's going to try to lure it onto it, knowing that it's going to be lowering. Okay. So, so he's gonna, give, yeah. Great. Give me... Uh, an acrobatics check for that. Okay. Natural 20. Perfect. <laughs> so you deftly, as it as its foot pushes her, you reach down, grab the chain, and the bridge starts to rise up out of the water. Um, it's While the bridge is rising, it's going to take another shot at you, but it's going to have disadvantage because you're rolling out of the way and because your acrobatics check was, check was just so darn good. Um and a nine is not gonna hit, so. All right, so I just, I roll and then I keep going so that it's gonna follow me across the river and hopefully uh, the bridge lowers before it makes it. Okay, so it the bridge rises up to its full height as it pounds its fist down again. 
and you take off running across the bridge. Give me uh, another acrobatics check because the, the bridge is a bit wet. Uh, 16. Perfect. So you almost lose your footing, but you make it across um, and take a leap as the bridge starts to dip back into the water. And you see this thing just start to sink down on the bridge as it goes. And it's just looking at you, still walking towards you, but now the current is starting to pull it uh, as big as it is slowly towards the the fence or the the spiked stuff at the other end. So he just rolls, uh, like falls to the ground on his back and just puts his hat over his face and just lays like he's taking a, a little bit of a rest. Okay. So then you don't see this, but Agnes and Ignacia, you see this statue as it hits that thing, just gets smashed against it, and you see sparks, um, and the the fence starts to buckle in a weird sort of way, which you, having seen what happened before, recognizes the fence being damaged as this thing is, but it just keeps getting slammed against this grating again and again and again until it starts to, to crack and stops moving. Ignacia's going to scramble to her feet and like try to reach for the the chain again and pull it up so Sawyer can get up and come back to their side. Okay. The bridge rises slowly and he's able to walk across easily if he takes his hat off his face and gets some of his little neck. <laughs> he, he walks across slowly, writes his hat and um, says, will one of you remind me to tell James that I did his job this time and next time he's got to do mine? Well, speaking of beating people and making them afraid, we go back over to James, who's standing in front of this uh, this guy. So I think first thing James does is take, takes a look at both hands, see if the white sword arc is on this person. It's not. Oh, great. Would have been easier to, you know, oh, James would have probably killed him. James would not have killed them either way. Um, so James just looks up at the person then while staring at them just announces to the room I'm not going to kill this this is was a, I'm not going to kill this person yeah so you hear the voice of the sphinx um, say the longer you wait the more your friends will suffer even die if you don't kill him you'll be here forever the only way out is to kill him Besides, if you don't, you die here, and he dies here. If you kill him, only he dies here. Well, I have confidence in my friends, and I, I am not going to kill kill this man. You hear this sort of growl rise from inside the Sphinx, um, and it says, you think that you can tell me that you don't feel rage? What about the rage you felt when your mother abandoned you? I think James is flashbacked pretty hard. Uh, yeah. Flashes of those moments. Yeah, and so it, it is almost like you're right back there. So you're sitting at the kitchen table with your with your father and tell us all what you're seeing. So I think there's a string of kind of 
memories that are all going through James' head at one time. There's a string of memories where he's working with his father. Um, they're working together, and his dad commenting on how how proud his mom would be if he saw the work that James had done. You know, the, there's this is interspersed with with just memories of him with his mom and his mom smiling like when he's built little things with blocks or you know just made anything she's really just show he feels most love because in those moments because she's really proud of him and, and james takes a lot of value in that so just all these things are are kind of flashing through his mind that, that he it settles like in this flashback that's kind of i guess become real around him of him and his dad sitting there eating dinner one night and I don't know. Something about the day was hard, and, and and my father is telling me kind of stories about about my mom and the time they had, and he starts talking about about the time when she was dancing and how she moved across the floor, and uh, you know that's and it was in that moment that he realized that he loved her, that he had fallen in love with this with this woman, and he kind of makes a joke that it took her a little longer to decide, you know, on him and, and realize the same about him. And, and it's at that moment that he, he's, you know, telling this thing of how, you know, it took her longer to decide to, that she loved me, that, that James just, whatever's happened that day, just, it, it just kind of boils up and he snaps. I mean, kind of for the first time snaps at his father. He's like, he's like, but did she, you know, that like slams his fork down, you know, stares across the table at his father, just kind of this act of defiance that he's never had before. Um, and he's like, did she ever really love you? You know, or, or was it just this big thing? She's just waiting around to finally leave one day. And James's father just goes cold and stares at him. I mean, it's no real, like, He's not hurt or anything. It's just, it's, I mean, and he, and this this coldness in his face kind of swift, swiftly changes to anger. And he just, James, I mean, just in this moment and at the time, just just feels this stare, this anger coming from his father. Um, and his father kind of leans forward and says, what did you just say to me? And James, I mean, he... He takes this moment and, and everything's just kind of piling on. These emotions are piling on faster than, than his reasonable mind can keep up with. And he, I mean, he feels challenged in this moment. So so he just unloads more, just getting more and more angry each time. Um, and I mean, he's, he's accusing, you know, he's saying if she ever loved us, you know, why'd she leave, you know? And he said, why wouldn't she stick around? And then in a moment he, he just at his most angry uh he he says that whore and then before he can say anything else his father's up uh, and just around the table and, and and has james and has just he he has me and he's got his hand like wrapped in james shirt and james i mean james father is never i mean this is not the relationship they have and he's just breathing into i mean he's angry breathing into james face and I mean, they're just, they're just inches. I mean, I mean, just inches, their faces are inches away from each other. Um, and he says, if you ever speak of her that way again, uh, and I think James infers like what would be the next, you know, that 
that if he ever spoke about his mother this way again, that that this would, things would would go to a point that they had never gone to um, uh, with him and his father. And I mean, this this kind of takes everything out of James. The fight, everything. He his head clears a bit, um, and you know, he he thinks back. He has never seen his father this angry. He'd seen men. He'd seen people stand up to his father or like short him, you know, short him on pay or, you know, stuff like that. He'd seen his father have been wronged many years uh, and get into many arguments, but he's never seen this level of anger in his father as he's in there, his hands wrapped up in James' shirt. And then in a moment, it's over. His his father's eyes soften uh, and, and just the, the feeling of the room just changes and and his father kind of pulls him in closely and he says, and you know, and he's, 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 he's talking and, and he's, I mean, there's just, you can hear the lump in his throat as he's fighting back tears. And, and he said, and he says, Jamie, uh, he says, you, you have to understand that, that, that she loved you. Uh, she loved you more, more than anything in this world. She loved you. I mean, there's nothing that she would, would not have done for you. And he said something, something must have happened to her, uh, you know, because nothing mattered to her more than us. I mean, if the devil walked right up to her and said, you know, it's you or your family, uh, I mean, she, I mean, she would, she would say it's her uh, and spare us. You know, she'd throw her soul right at the devil's feet and, and that would be done with it. After that, I mean, he he loosens his grip and embraces James, and they embrace each other, and just they cry into each other's shoulders, and you know, eventually they 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 sit back down at the table, and his father, his father says, he says, you know, Jamie, I'm sorry, but just just know that your mother, she she never left you, and then that's kind of where this flashback kind of, I don't know, ends or whatever you want to take. Sure. So as you come back, the, you hear the voice of the Sphinx and it sort of has this just nasty hollow chuckle. And it says, your father was so, so, so sure that she died. He, he fell off that roof. His last thought was how he was going to her. But he's not. She left you. Know that. Know that she left. She didn't die. She walked out. Uh, Jane just erupts and just screams, liar, and runs over to where the man is on the wall. Uh, and his hands shoot out and he grabs the chains and he's just starts pulling on these chains to try to pull them from the wall. I mean, okay. in, in game, I've got architectural eyes, so I can see weak, weak spots. Yeah. There are any. Yeah, so give me a strength check with advantage. Okay. First one was an 18, second one was a 16, so... Um, Both of those will do it. Okay. Um, so you... So you shout liar run over and the guy has this look of just terror in his face because he thinks he knows what's coming and you grab the chains and just pull them out you feel the the metal of the chain kind of cutting into your hand but you don't care 
and you rip it out of the wall and he falls forward and sort of catches himself on you. And his eyes look up at you, just confused. And you hear two voices over each other. It's not two different emotions in the same voice. It's two completely distinct voices, but the Sphinx's voice both. And the one that's seething with rage screams, you coward of a man. You want to fight, but you don't want to kill. And the other voice that you can hear above this rage-filled voice says, you've passed the test, Mason. Look to your hands and see your reward. And you look down where your hands are wrapped around this chain. And on them, there are now these fingerless gloves that are made of this flawless, dark leather. All right, so James looks down and sees that and kind of opens his hands from the clenched fist and lets the chains fall. Mm-hmm. And just still staring down. He says, next time you want a death, it'll be yours. And his hands clench up again. Okay. And so as you look down and as you say that, you realize that there are no chains in your hand. This, this guy is not there. They've just vanished. And as you look up, you see that there's a stone archway in front of you completely black and strolls straight through okay fashionable as fuck (laughs) all right and back to the other three the red death is morgan nuncio as ignacia cleo yansu davis as Agnes, Tim Devine as Finn Sawyer, Kent Blue as James, and Doug Lewandowski as the Game Master. The Red Death is part of the Role to Play Network. It is edited, produced, and hosted by Kent Blue. Discover more at RolletoPlayNetwork.com. And do join us next time, if you dare.